Welcome to the Lisa Show's book club. This is the first time we've done this with our series on body image. And I'm really excited about the book that we're reading, More Than a Body. Um, Your Body is an Instrument, Not an Ornament by Lindsay Kite and Lexi Kite, PhDs. And with us for this second episode of our book club is Casey Faulkner. Yes, hello. My name is Casey and I love to read. So I am extremely qualified to talk about books. Extremely qualified. Yes, yes. Well, and you're friend of the Lisa show. Mm-hmm. Friend uh, of the pod. Yeah. Teach writing. You gave me 100 books for my birthday. So yeah. obviously I'm an expert. Yeah. On all things book, we <laughs> couldn't have a book club without inviting Casey on. And I really liked our our first episode and kind of where we left off in the first chapter, because we're continuing the first chapter in More Than a Body, at this idea of what our bodies can do, but how we're all kind of bonded together in this weird (laughs) hate of our bodies. Like that's what bonds women together. Mm -hmm. And it's just normal. And that's our baseline. And many industries are making money off of this. Like I another thing that kind of made Yeah, we me, haven't talked about that. Yeah, yet. that like this the beauty industry, all this stuff, like someone is gaining from all of our insecurities. Yeah. yeah. You know? So that's something too to think about. Sort of made me mad when I was reading this. I was like, oh yeah. And that and another I go to thing. Target and buy a bunch of stuff yeah. when I feel like I'm wrinkly and old. But maybe that's just they how want my me body's to feel changing. that way. Yes, yeah. 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 And so to hold off a, the aging process. Mm-hmm. That's something that I Mm-hmm. Fall prey to yeah. So, but people are making money off of that, which yeah, is too are. bad. But oh well, that's life, right? Right. See again here, we just think it's normal. <laughs> and, well, it is, and and something that I thought was really interesting on page seventeen, it said when the same ideas of attractiveness are shared so widely and at such an incredible scale, you know, social media everywhere across the globe, it is no surprise that they shape our own body goals and preferences. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I worry about for my kids. Mm -hmm. We were having this conversation um, with my daughter, and we were talking about how she's like, am I going to get taller? When am I going to, you know, when am I going to get more curves? When am I going to da-da-da-da-da? And I realized that she was talking about like a beauty standard that is popular now that wasn't when you and I yeah. were her yeah. age. Mm-hmm. And so I we had this conversation about how it's really weird that body types, just what your genes say your body's going to look like, like nothing's going to make me suddenly six feet, right. right? Even though that might be, or have a long torso or, you know, what else is, and, and long legs, which is, you know, this same one idea of mm-hmm. what beauty is. And I guess I hadn't realized until I was reading in this how, because I thought, oh, in different cultures and in different communities, there must be just like different body attractiveness ideals. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the research that they did, you and in, in this book, you realize, oh no, because it's so widely accepted, we all sort of have the same thing, and which mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah, because of like- Around the world, we're all gonna look the same. The social, like we have yeah. the same beauty ideal. That mm-hmm. That is- That is it, weird. That's weird. That's a problem, yeah. yeah. And one thing I was thinking of is I was, I was reading this- and you probably view it this way too. There's like, as me, and like my issues and whatever, but then also as my daughters. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I'm just like so much better about it with my daughters, you know, because you're like, want to empower them and all of that. Mm-hmm. But then like, 
I'm still thinking, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go swimming. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's kind of but interesting. But if your daughter like said that, this, you'd be like, yeah, you'd absolutely know what to not. say and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because they do say you can't just make, page 28, the objectification of women, including yourself, just go away. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't just be like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm empowered. Yep. You, know, I, you still feel that way. So I'm excited as they get into the chapters of like things that you do to stop feeling that way. Yeah. Like yeah, to honestly stop. It, I know what to I say. Like I'm trying to teach that. my girl. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I've read and thought enough about it and lived before social media that I do yes. have some strategies. I mean, I don't know. I haven't like solved this problem, but I have tried to be more aware about things with my daughters, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how to like actually not feel that way. <laughs> Well, and isn't it so freeing, too, when they say, oh, no, 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 no matter how resilient and empowered you are, the reality is that discrimination, bias, prejudice, culturally ingrained expectations of people, especially women, and especially of women of color, Mm -hmm. still exist. Mm -hmm. So, because sometimes I'll think, I know better than to have this thought about my body, Mm -hmm. or I know better than to do this or say that to myself. Mm -hmm. And I'll think, why am I not more resilient? Why am I not more mentally strong? And kind of, Mm -hmm. again, beat up on myself yeah, as it's if the same I thing. created like if you this had situation. more discipline, you yeah. do this and that. It's like, why am I Which, not more mentally strong? Yeah, it's like it's always on you. That's and that is problem. the message mm-hmm. of our, our diet-obsessed culture, mm-hmm. which is if, if you were disciplined if enough, you then you could be perfect. And you could perfect. stop eating sugar and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And now it's like, well, if you were a real feminist, and you could stop <laughs> being so vain and you could blah, blah, Yes. So I was, I was glad that they, like, articulated that. Yeah. And they're also saying how to feel better in a world that like, let's change the world. That's great. We'll we'll work on that totally. at one level. But how are you going to feel better in this same yeah. world? So yeah, I can't wait for them to tell me. <laughs> what did you think about the the part towards the end of the chapter about shame and how mm-hmm. like the sheer number of of teenage girls when they interviewed it mm-hmm. them for their um, research about like cutting and self harm and it how it skews female and how yeah, it, it's so horrible. It's wow, so to horrible. me it just I had that part broke and it broke my, my heart. heart. And I, I I so it's like there's three levels of this: the real serious mm-hmm. shame, and it leads to you know thoughts of harming yourself yeah. and how that's how you cope. And um, then the other one is something like. Just what do they call it? Clinging to your comfort zone. Yeah, your comfort trying zone. Trying to like buy mm-hmm. things and trying to. And I, I'm like, I I felt glad that that's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I don't really. I remember feelings of shame, like around PE and being in swimming, yeah. self consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, and and I but I really was lucky. I don't know that my mom did this on purpose, but I don't think she ever, not one time, actually. There was one time, and I remember it. She ever said anything negative about my appearance, ever. Wow. She never talked about my weight. She never yeah. said anything, ever. Now, and she talked about her weight, but never. I never. I know, I, my I, mom never talked I mean, negatively about my body. she just was so perfect. I don't know that she, I mean, it was just so natural. I sometimes see people, you know, where they have a lot of baggage from how their parents well they were con- a lot were of people so were constantly obsessed berated. with it yeah why are you eating that what are you doing you know yeah and so i feel really lucky i was self conscious enough just in and of myself i will tell you that one time <laughs> that i remember and i remember it because it was only Your one time Your mom loved this is that, that i you used, remember the I one used time. to always, i had long hair and i used to put my bangs up in a barrette uh-huh. <laughs> and so they were just like this and i remember one day she said that i looked like a peeled onion <laughs> 
You can't even say it? Peeled onion. A peeled onion? <laughs> yeah. She said, like, she wanted me to have, like, more curl. This was the 80s, you know, like. Yeah. So, like, have some. She always wanted me to have wisps around my face. Well, she always thought that was cute when I did have that. And then one time I just had it all pulled back. She's like, you look like a peeled onion. Why don't you have some come down around your face? I've remembered that for 30 that's years. That's so funny. Okay. That's the only negative thing she's ever said. So I feel really lucky. That's and I think lucky. that that's helpful. You know, I don't do you have think that. that, that is, I mean, because I wouldn't consider that body shame, but I, but maybe it is. Well, or it's just about your appearance. Oh, yeah, hair, but it's preference, face, right? Skin, so maybe weight. I just have I mean, a different we definition. think about it a lot of weight about weight now. But I remember, and these guys talked about it too. I think these guys must be younger than me, but they, they were talking about white legs. Yes, and not wearing to wear shorts because you felt like your legs were white. <laughs> I I felt that way. That I remember was a huge thinking thing, like being tan, yes, having an acne and clear skin, and of course, of course, weight. Mm-hmm. But even just, but now you're right. The our daughters are like shapes of things, and you know, thinness of limbs and things like that that you can't control. Yeah, it's always really but weird I, the things it includes. I know, and I it's it's hard to sort of make sense of where it comes from, like the mm-hmm. chicken or the egg kind of thing of, of of who perpetuates it. That white, the whiteness of the legs was always like made pale me skin. very uncomfortable. Um, and it was funny because I was talking to my daughter who is on a church mission in El Salvador, mm-hmm. and she was saying that everybody in her whole village, <laughs> her whole town, and even her companions, they just call her pale. <laughs> like a nickname. The mm-hmm. nickname, she was telling us what it was in Spanish. And she says, basically, it it just says, hey, you, the pale one. <laughs> She's like, because here, it'll be like, oh, that's the fat one. That's the tall one. Yeah. That's the da-da-da one. I mean, they just call it out. And I was a little taken back. And she's like, and I'm the pale one. Mm-hmm. Always. She's like, no matter where I go, even to strangers. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that interesting that Again, we might think that it's, and I wouldn't have thought about this had I not like considered what their research was saying. Mm-hmm. I would have just thought, oh, that's just a preference or like a characteristic. But it really does go to something deeper of like what our beauty standard is. Mm-hmm. Like we all have this uh, sort of unexpressed of like, oh yeah, we're all supposed to look like this in some way. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of devastating. It is kind of devastating. And sometimes you're in style and sometimes you're not. And sometimes you hit you it. You can't and always control it. it. You can't. <laughs> I don't know how you can. Yeah, that's true. What I, did you think about the like the the section that was talking about um, uh, like that that whole idea of like shame with resilience like oh yeah so that was the last thing so it's yeah like what shame, did you think about and that and just kind of dealing with it and being embarrassed but working on it and then yeah. and then resilience which i think i have had some epiphanies after having children and when you realize just you're out of control and don't even try, you know, like as far as your body, you're just, we're just doing our best or you get a debilitating disease or you, you know, whatever. You have these realizations that some of these other things don't matter. But then of course, you're still like on social media, like everyone else seems to be like pulling it together. It does seem like everybody else. It kind of undermines some of this work that I've done reframing and like feeling better. So it's like constantly undermining that. And so I think I've moved into that, but I don't, I don't think I have resilience because like we talked last time about how I still, Mm -hmm. sometimes I catch a glimpse of myself and I just think, ugh. but I don't, 
become obsessive and think, I want to not look like that on the grocery store camera. Right. I'm just in the place where I'm like, I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to avoid it. So I'm not into resilience. Right. But I'm not into like obsessive, compulsive. Yeah, but yeah, I like how it's like, <laughs> I keep saying this, but like, it's not our fault. Like, yeah, we want is, to be relieved from it, this burden. It, it, like, this constant objectification. Mm-hmm. And that's why the title is so great More Than a Body, because mm-hmm. it's acknowledging not only that our bodies are, you know, an instrument and not an, an object, but it, it's acknowledging that we have to say that out loud. Yeah. Like it, that it's not just all about our physical appearance, that there, we're, yeah. there's much more to a person You have to think about that. it. You, and have you have to think, to you can't take it for granted. It because everything else is undermining yeah. that. So yes. it, it won't get equal. Yeah. Even though I thought, okay, I had that realization when I was like, whatever. You can't just have it once and be like, done. Because no. all this other stuff is always, and remember this, I guess, with kids too, is that all that other stuff, in order to give equal time to like the negative voices and maybe the one positive, yeah. you know, epiphany that I had, I think I have to be more intentional about making this more affirming message. Yes. But it does talk about, when it re- when I read this, this is just on page, well, this is in the introduction. Um, when we are self-objectifying, okay, so of course we know we're going to get objectified. Yeah. Um, our identities are split in two, the one living her life and the one watching and judging her. Hmm, and yeah. isn't it true? That, don't you feel pretty good inside the life, the one you're living your life most yeah. of the time? Well, when you're living your life. I do. I'm just good. like, I'm dipping Oreos and eating them. Yeah. I'm just like putting on this <laughs> lacy shirt, <laughs> you know. And the it's one great living life. my life is pretty good. Most of the time, realize this is a blessing. This is super lucky. I'm pretty good a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's really the only bad part is the person watching and judging me, the me that does that. Yeah. Seeing in the mirror and then like, oh, looking and oh, what size am I? Or oh, look at those people. Oh, well, you don't do that. And then that's so you can. That we're aware but of that. Our why own why does that one identity. carry more weight? That one shouldn't yes. carry more weight. Yeah. But it, uh, it it is it carries more weight. Like why couldn't just the one living in my body be the one that matters? Yeah. When so we get th- constant that reminders. That I think, yeah. And I had never really, mm-hmm. again, had that articulated where I was like, that's right. Like there is two. From the inside, I feel mostly, I mean, we'll have an episode on depression and anxiety another yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> that's but different. for the most part, <laughs> I feel I feel good inside here. Yeah. But then it's like when people see me or when I see myself, that what if no one ever saw you? Right. What if you could oh, what if you could go swimming in the dark? It would be a hundred percent different for me. Different experience. If I were alone and in the dark. Mm. I'm just realizing that now. That's sad. That is sad. <laughs> but like I don't really I Like I, what you would think of and what you wouldn't. Yeah. And I don't wanna I don't think swimming seems fun because I don't want to put on a swimming suit. I hate all of that. Yeah. But actually wet, just cold, like floating in water with like no one seeing me, yeah. that seems totally different than having people see me. Hmm. So it's the idea of being seen. Yeah. They, she talks about that too. Like she didn't want to go water skiing because she didn't want people to see her in, in yes. a swimming suit. I totally relate to that. I think I, I'm every also woman just like does. so self-conscious about it. It's not even just weight. It's, you know, like, like hairy legs and not tan and all of that stuff. Stretch marks. Stretch marks. I mean, there's a million things. Yeah. Bad posture, you know, whatever. Oh, I didn't um, think of that. Oh, well, let me give you some more issues. <laughs> anyway, but if you were just alone in a swimming pool and no one was going to see you get in or out, yeah, that would be so 
Like that would be awesome. And it's that That's sort of too gaze, bad. It's and it's not just by the gaze. The gaze ruins it. It ruins it. Mm-hmm. I love what they say. Learning to see more in the world. This is on page thirty-two. Allowed us to see more in our own body shame. Mm-hmm. What caused it? Who benefits from us feeling it? And how common it it is, regardless of how we look. Mm-hmm. And then I love how they tell stories of like you know, mm-hmm. and I this. You know, I will look at pictures of me in high school, and I remember how I felt. Like, I didn't want to put on a bathing suit. I mm-hmm. didn't, uh, you know, I remember there was this guy in high school, and he was like, having a swim party, and he's like, girls aren't invited over to my house unless you wear a bikini. And I was like, well, then no way. Yeah. And I just, first of all, gross. Yeah. What, Second of all, going on in that, um, but. why would I feel that? What, like, obviously, I wouldn't just do that for, you know, mm-hmm. for many reasons, but it, it just— that insecurity of how I felt when I didn't have any stretch marks. Like, yeah. I mean, things like that made me pause and think of how common it is just to change as your body changes for you to just pick something different. Yeah, that's like it, it's not it's, related it's not to anything real to, because it's you not like you're the real you because. Who is that? You're just always going to feel. You're always going to change. And this is what people say. This is even, this is feelings. what thin people say. Yeah, <laughs> that they even when they reach their weight or their dream weight, you know, it's it's a mental problem. It's inside. No, it is. It's I not think like, I told you this oh, like I look one great, time. So I'm not going to have these issues anymore. I got down to my ideal size, mm-hmm. and I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, "Oh, this still bothers bothers me. Mm-hmm. This still does." And instead of like getting down on myself because I felt so good, I remember thinking, "Oh, then I'm not going to worry about this anymore because this isn't anything that I can change. Yeah. This is just a thing about yeah. my genes or what's happened to me." And it was almost like permission. I gave yeah. myself permission to be like, "Oh, this isn't a weight thing, so oh, don't worry about it." I yeah, I have helped. I have felt myself letting go of some. I of just those let things. go. I was like, "Oh, this is." I, yeah. yeah. I wish I could have let go earlier. I wish I could have let go earlier, too. I only really let go out of desperation when it's like, well, I for sure cannot do anything about this. Right. Yeah. But it still feels good to yeah. let it go. And the one thing that I loved at the very end of the chapter, yeah. 39. Or page I, 39, you mean? Yeah, page 39. I love thinking about your mm-hmm. body is your home. Yes. Your ultimate comfort, your respite. Yours and no one else's. <laughs> I think that seems so cozy. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it does everything it needs to be. It houses me. I'm in here. I'm this soul. I'm an intellect. I yeah. live in here. I love thinking of it like that. Yeah. It's just getting a glimpse in the mirror in a swimming suit <laughs> ruins it. But pushing that. But I'm aside. not gonna. I'm not gonna think that way because this is so fun to think of it like that. Oh, it is, and, and I do whatever I want. And I just wish that, like, it, <laughs> I think it could be so more um, bonding if we talked about that instead of yeah. like all the things we hate about yeah. our bodies or our insecurities. As if that's the connection. The connection of isn't it so great just to be able to do what you want to do? Yeah, and, and it's live kind in your of, body it's kind and of have mean. these ideas. It's kind of mean. To, I'm kind of mean to my body. Like, yeah. it's kind of mean to think of my body as, like, yeah. ugly or overweight or something. Like, yeah. it's just—I'm just here inside of it. Like, it's fine. It does what I want. Yeah. I love thinking of it like that. I do, too. It's our home. <laughs> yeah. I it's love it. It's home. nice I'm and inside. cozy. That's a really I'm inside great. of, yeah. Yeah. And just 
at the very end of that, just of the part that you read about it being home too, like you come home with, when you feel that way, you come home with, um, they call it more power and mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah, it can be more, Yeah, it's like more nourishing, more nurturing. It's just, it's good. It's I'm going to try to think of that more often. Me too. Because that is a thought about my body that... Mm-hmm. I feel good about that. I enjoy thinking about it. Otherwise, the only way I've really dealt with this is just like don't think about it. Yeah, don't. That's think one about strategy. It. Don't that's worry one about strategy. it. Don't don't dwell it on it. But and, that and it last. is it's good to do that to sure. some extent. But yeah, that's not really solving anything. Like, what's a positive thought to replace a negative one? Mm-hmm. It's like me inside here, just like steering this body around. <laughs> like that's just like <laughs> sort of fun to think. It about. is, and it, I've only ever dealt with this by just like. I'm just not going to worry about it. Yes, I, yeah. I could probably eat healthier and exercise more and have more defined musculature. <laughs> I'm just not going to think about that. Just don't think about I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it. And yeah. that's okay, but it's that's really That's okay, just, but I, it is inspiring, I think, especially from the limited, but but what I know of, of um Dr. Lindsay and Dr. Lexi Kite, mm-hmm. um, that th- that after all of this research and writing this and setting it all up to knowing that they really do feel at home in their bodies and that they have like a great power and purpose makes me want to sort of lean into what they have to mm-hmm. say because I know that they're changing the world for the better. They're, they're actually doing it. Yeah, they really and, are. And the research inspired them to do that mm-hmm. and that they want to help other people do that. I don't know. It's really, it makes me want to Yeah, I can't wait really to, wait lean to more into the book. It's like we're laying the groundwork. Yeah. You're, we're relating to all these issues, of course. It's like, yeah, it's not that hard to yeah. remember how self-conscious you feel a lot yeah, of the time. You don't, you don't have to be reminded of that part. You don't have to remind me. But starting to kind of reframe your thinking a little bit, in the, I really like the introduction. And then I, there's like that thing in the first chapter about imagining yourself in this sea of... Yes. And I was like, look, Lindsay and Lexi, you know I hate wearing a swimming suit. Why are you... you should, they're like... And they know. They're putting you in a They're swimming, putting you They're putting you in the reason. water right then. So, um, yeah. So I'm ready for this. I'm ready to solve this problem and have some, some resilience, re- resiliency strategies, which yeah. they are going to give us. I did look ahead at some of it, so I'm oh, I'm kind of excited. Cheater. I didn't read; I just skimmed. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it seems awesome, and this all just reminds me of um, the frog and toad, my favorite frog and toad story. Oh yeah, where frog, well, frog is the cool one, and toad is the one that's like me, and they are going to go swimming with all these animals, and toad wears that swimming suit. Oh yeah, and he doesn't want anyone to see it, and it's like this old-fashioned striped swimming suit. I remember this when I was little, relating to it so much. And he won't come out, and he won't come out because he doesn't want anyone to see. But he is drawing more attention to himself, and everyone stays and waits. And then he gets out, and they all laugh at him, and it is terrible. (laughs) So, And that's what reminds you of. That's how I feel. (laughs) And that's how we're starting. And so, yes. And so you know that this book is for you. I know it's for me. And for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's chapter one uh, and the end of our chapter one on our second episode. And so, hey, we know that you're reading along more than a body. We would love your questions. So coming up, if you have uh, questions about body image, body positivity, neutrality, anything, send us your questions and we'll talk about it on the book club. Next week, we have part one of chapter two. Mm -hmm. 